0: Our pulpit guest this morning morning is Mr. Michael Bruner. Michael is a longtime member of the Second Family. He and his wife, Stephanie, have four girls. Michael is currently a wealth manager, a fantastic Bible study teacher, and one of our deacons. Probably his greatest claim to fame is he's a Marine. So please welcome Mr. Michael Bruner to the pulpit. Thank you, sir. I have only heard the Marine Corps hymn 900 times, and this is Mr. Maxey's handkerchief. I still couldn't keep it in, just so you know. (laughs) One item that Lee didn't mention that Ben Young asked me to say, uh, speak a point on is there's a book out. There's a book out. Uh, I'm going to give you two minutes of this, and we're going to go with our message today. Uh, If you've not heard the name Dr. Lester Hudson, H-U-T-S-O-N, Dr. Hudson is a theologian, a scholar, an author for sure, Some of you Bible study types may have heard of the book, A History of Churches. If you're not doing anything for the next five years, that's the one you want to read. It's about that thick. That's Dr. Hudson. I know Dr. Hudson, and when I wrote my book that was released 90 days ago, I asked if he would read it. I'm not going to tell you everything, but what I didn't know he would do is that he would publish and write a two-page review of my book called Genesis Matters. And I will read this from his review. Quote, to say the least, Genesis Matters is the most unconventional, unique commentary on the book of Genesis that I've ever encountered. Brunner uses everyday language that is not at all lofty. Some of it is a bit shocking. (laughs) At times it's terse and he calls you out. Sometimes his language is crude and it wouldn't stand muster in an English class. I know there's a compliment in there somewhere. (laughs) But he goes on to say at the end, You will find this book fascinating and well-spiced with laughter and tears. It is a highly emotional book that can help anyone, but it's especially suited for the more secular-minded and to a materialistically oriented person who is into self and who doesn't think or know that he or she needs God." Three years ago, I was before you, some of you, a lot of you were here, three years ago. Dr. Young had me kick off our year of evangelism, do you remember that? And I made a comment, I taught at all our services, and I said, I don't have an answer for all the concerns that we have about our country, but I said, I'm working on it. Four and a half years into the making, the book Genesis Matters was written. Not so much to reach you, although I expect you to buy one. You're my church family. I, can't, I can say things here I can't say at other places, but you're not really the target. As Dr. Hudson indicated, this book is through God, I hope, and believe, Michael Brunner's attempt to go get everybody else that's not in church today and in any church and see what we can do. Most of you I feel I know, this is my home church, and I've been here a very long time. It's great when younger pastors introduce me when I teach or speak. They'll go, this is Michael Brunner. He's a Bible teacher, and he's been here for, well, he's been here a really long time. That's what they say. And what you need to know is early on, Dr. Young would get me to do a number of things. Specifically, I've been here three and a half decades. Over half my life now has been spent at this church. And I've done a number of things here. The list is too long to, to, to mention, but basically what you need to know is that at the end of the day, it always comes down to three things with me and Dr. Young. I am told where to go, when to speak, and what to say. Whether it's inside, outside, here, somewhere else, it's always those three things. This is where you will go, when you will speak, and what you will say. Notice the word asked never came up. I don't know about you, but with Dr. Young, I've never been asked anything. It's always I'm told. But this year and this time when the phone rang and it was the church, something different happened. It was not Dr. Young. It was Ben Young, and if you're brand new here, Dr. Young has three boys. I know them all. Dr. Ben Young is a senior pastor here. I've known him my whole time. It wasn't Dr. Young on the phone that day. It was Ben Young, and for the sake of time, he said this, hi, Michael. We know that you will be here to celebrate July the 4th. How they know, I don't know, but he knew. And he said that what we need for you to do is speak at our services and give us your reflections on what July 4th means to you from a military and a Christian perspective. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for what you do. We'll see you then. It was a touching moment, really. And I had to stop and reflect. It was a little sentimental. Because what I realized is that in addition to being told where to go, when to speak, and what to say by Dr. Young, I now would be receiving those instructions from the sequel. (laughs) Regardless of where the orders come from, the disclaimer, you've heard this before, is always the same. If after this service, you are moved You're inspired, you're captivated, you're motivated, and you're transformed, and your life will never be the same. The church does have my permission to give you all of my contact information so that you can call, text, or write and tell me personally how wonderful you thought this was. (laughs) But you know that if it goes the other way and you leave here going, I can't believe they put him up there to lead us today. Let me help you. Dr. Ed Young and Ben Young are your points of contact. I had nothing to do with this. (laughs) So as Ben did say, he thought it would be appropriate to have me come up and visit, visit and say a few words about July the 4th, about my time in the military, and about what all this means to us now. I can never just get right to the point. I need to roll you into it. Uh, Regarding the Marine Corps, we have to go back a bit. I'm 13, 14 years old. Some of you know this story, but just listen. I'm 13, 14 years old, a young teenager, And at a Christian retreat in the middle of nowhere, deep in northeast Texas, the invitation is given by a youth pastor one evening service. And he said, if you're ready to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you're ready to get right with God, then I'm going to ask you to get up, come forward, and make a decision to do just that. 13, 14 years old, I felt the call on my heart and I accepted that pastor's invitation to receive Jesus as my Savior, as much as I understood that, and bring the Lord in my life. What I didn't know at that time is that a plan would be put in place. A direction, a leading, a calling, call it whatever you want, but a plan is now put in place, and that plan Part of that plan was that a few years later, I would join the United States Marine Corps. Trust me when I tell you that it was never, and my notes have never in all caps, it was never on my list of things to do. I had never thought about it. I was not military-minded. There were no Marines in my family. Military-minded, that's a little bit, that's putting it nicely. The fact is, I didn't really want anything to do at all with the military, much less the United States Marine Corps. And if you don't know, the Marine Corps makes up only 14% of our active duty forces, but we have one singular focus. We are the most combat-oriented force in the world. In other words, we are led, paid, and trained to do one thing, and that's fight. And let me just tell you, nowhere was that on my radar. But God certainly had other plans for me. Ben thought it'd be good to give you a story. Marines have stories. I thought about the time where I single-handedly saved, all, saved our country from all enemies, foreign and domestic, in one summer. I said, no, nah, that's too easy. But a story did come to mind. I'm off script, but it happens early. Training operation, mid-1980s. Walking down a desert road, there's a building. Small, little building, two-story, like a duplex, really small, a cube made of cinder blocks. Doors blown off, windows blown off. There's nobody going to be in that building. But you learn in the military, and any veteran in a combat MOS will tell you this, you assume nothing. So here's the strategy. We need to secure the building. There's five of us, Dusty Road. There's a way to do this. And what we do is two Marines will all go to the back of the building, come around to be on the left side of the door, Myself and two Marines behind me will be on the left side of the door. And at the appropriate time, a grenade will be lit, thrown into the second story, create the chaos and the diversion. Meanwhile, we go in the first floor, secure it, go up, and take care of what's left. Easy peasy. That day, First Lieutenant Michael Bruner had the grenade. So we commenced the operation, two marines went around, come to the right side of the door, myself and two others on the left side of the door, training operation, ready to begin. I look around, are you ready, are you ready? I pull the pin, wait a sec, and proceed to toss the grenade. Now I'm athletic, I know things. I've done way harder things. This should not be a problem. But you can imagine my surprise and everyone else's when instead of going through the window, as I beautifully threw the grenade, it just as beautifully hit the wall and bounced right back in my hand. (laughs) Have you ever experienced those times in your life where you heard the still, small voice speak to you? Well, I heard it that day and the still small voice said throw it back now. (laughs) So just as quickly I threw it back right as it went through the window it blew. It was supposed to be in but let's not mince hairs. We went in the first floor commenced the operation and secured the building. That night there was a review of the operation. And it was determined that if we ever found ourselves in a situation where we had to do this again, emphatically, Lieutenant Michael Brunner would not be the one that would throw the grenade. There's your Marine story. Point number one to my story is that when you and I let the Lord lead our lives, you will go down roads and experience things that were never on your radar. That plan didn't just stop with the Marine Corps. I have no doubt that shortly after my tour of duty was complete, that it was God's plan for me to be in Houston that was never on my radar. I have no doubt that as I got to Houston in short order he started my career, which I still am in 34 years later. There is absolutely no, idea, no doubt in my mind that when I got to Houston, he brought me to this church. I didn't know anybody here. Walked in stone cold. Had no idea that in short order they would ask me to become a leader and then a Bible teacher and a speaker and now we've written a book. Along that path you need to know when I got here I was single. Some of you know this already. And it was at this, so if you're single I want you to listen to me a, minute, a little bit. I was beyond single. You know this. I was Twilight Zone single. I was as single as single could be. I defined the word single. And I remember I would pray to the Lord and say, Father you've taken over my life. This plan is taking shape. I'm excited to be here, don't know what the future holds, but if I could share it with somebody, that might be good too. And you know where this is going. The Lord looked at me and said, son, you'll never leave the military. When I want you to have a wife, I will issue you one. Until then, you keep your focus on me. And that's exactly what we did. But as Lee said, a very beautiful woman came into this church, and we met, and we fell in love, and we proceeded to have four daughters I'd like to, if I could, recognize one of them, she's here. Haley, if you'd stand up. Where are you, baby? Where's Haley? There's Haley. (laughs) Garrett, stand up. I have spent my life educating and paying for four girls, and now I will be paying for the first of four weddings. There they are. (laughs) Haley is a very proud graduate of the University of Texas at Austin. Garrett is an equally proud graduate of Texas A&M University. I'm looking forward to football weekends. It ought to be interesting. But to bring this back home, what I want you to know and what's important for for, for, for me that you know is that all of this from a young man at age 13 to 14 to the plan to put me in the Marine Corps the plan to bring me through, bring me here, and ultimately bring, bring me in front of you today, that's not my doing. That's the work of the Lord. And I would tell you that I think in some ways, He's just getting started. So please understand, if you're here and you're a visitor and you don't know a lot about this, when you come to know the Lord, when you come to accept Christ in your life, what's gonna happen is there will be a plan, there will be a path, and there's gonna be a purpose for your life. A plan, a path, and a purpose. And for that I say, glory be to God, hallelujah. So, it's July the 4th that we celebrate. That's Independence Day. And as I stated, Ben said, we want to hear your perspective, specifically from a military point of view, but also an American point of view and a Christian point of view. And so, as a veteran, and now when I say veteran, that's everybody that stood up. That's all the veterans. This is, I think, something where I speak for a lot of us. There's three big days that we think about as United States veterans. Three big days. One, we've already had it. It was in the month of May, Memorial Day. And to be sure you're clear, by definition, that's not my day. That's not your day. Memorial Day is the day that we recognize as a nation, those who served our country, and they did not come home. We did that a month ago here. You know, as a young Marine recruit, I told how much fun it would be 10 weeks of summer camp. They don't call boot camp in the Marine Corps torture, which is what it really is. They call it summer camp. That's how they get you to go. (laughs) 10 weeks, Quantico, Virginia is where I did it. 60 walked in week one. By the time we got to week 10, 18 of us were left. We were ecstatic, and the commanding officer of that unit said, look around the room. He said, look around the room because some of you will not come home. Actually, he said, some of you will die. I thought to myself, can't you be any more positive than that? As it turns out, and a lot of veterans know this, he couldn't have been more accurate. Chris, First Lieutenant Chris Toburen, six feet from me, helicopter pilot, a few years later, went down in an operation. He was an all-conference linebacker at the University of Kansas, a hometown hero for them and one a little closer to home. First Lieutenant Robert Cox spent six months grunting and sweating and grinding with that guy in a fixed-wing aircraft over the Mediterranean Gulf. He went down. One of the best officers I ever knew. He was a Texas A&M graduate, and I was in his wedding. Let me just tell you, Memorial Day, is for those folks, and every veteran here that was in a combat MOS knows stories just like that. That's their day. That's the first day we think about. The second day we'll think about is Veterans Day. That's absolutely my day, and it's my day, and it's every Veterans Day. We celebrate that in November, and it's the time where our nation formally recognizes those who have served and show their appreciation. All I want to tell you about that is this, just so you know, ladies and gents, just so you know, and I believe I speak for every veteran here, when you take a moment to go up to a veteran and say, thank you for your service, make no mistake, it means the world to us. It means the world to us, and we feel fortunate, and we feel grateful, and all of that. So the third day is today, or it's July the 4th. Independence Day is what we call it. It's the day where we officially recognize The time where we were no longer under English rule or really anybody's rule. This was the moment on the world stage where we could say, hello, we are the United States of America. Not the United States of England, not the United States of Europe, the United States of America. America. That never been done. The exact timing of the date was July the 4th, 1776. Two points to make. One, this is amazing for me, by the way, this is a short message. The church always is concerned when they give me the microphone, you just don't know how long it's going to (laughs) go. But back to my script, two points to make for you. Number one, taken together, all three of these days remind us of this. Never forget it, the quote is, we paid a heavy price to get our freedom and we pay a heavy price to keep it. We have paid a heavy price to get our freedom and we pay a heavy price to keep it. I wanna make sure you understand that right now, this very moment, this very time, this very second, there are men and women and our armed forces right now today their lives are on the line that's point number 1 point number 2 you realize that again the exact years of our birthday we're 237 years old come Tuesday 237 years old and you know, and I say this not arrogantly at all, you know that we are considered to be the strongest nation on the planet. You know this. I did a little research for you, and I wanted to see and look at when, when some other countries got their start. Russia was recognized as a country in 862 A.D. That is over 1,100 years before our inception. That's Russia. China, their recorded history was, are you ready? 4,000 years ago, China. India and Japan, this got interesting. They are longer than that. They're not really sure how far back they started. It was a long time. Where am I going? I'll cut to the chase. Asia, Africa, Europe, South America, all of them, they've all been here centuries before us, hundreds and thousands of years before us. We're only 237 years old. So why aren't any of those where we are, they got here first. They've been on the world stage so much longer. Why aren't they the strongest nation on the planet? I believe I know. Very simply, I believe in my heart and in my soul that God has his hand on our nation. I'm going to read you a quote. This is not my words. It says, quote, many in the founding generation, the founding generation, the first layer of men and women who came to this country. It says, many in the founding generation. Ninety-eight percent or more of whom were affiliated with Protestant Christianity regarded the Bible as indispensable to their political experiment in self-government. Let me translate that for you. Our first generation, our forefathers, they wanted God in their lives. They wanted God in their lives. They wanted his leadership, his guidance, his counsel, his care, his plan, his protection, his providence. They wanted all of it in their lives. They wanted it individually, and they wanted it as a nation. And look what happened. Look what God did. Look what God did. That's how we started So where does that leave us today? Lots gone on between now and then. Hmm? Some say we've lost our way as a country. Hmm. Some say we've forgotten God and we've fallen so far there's no hope for us. And finally, some would say We've gone past the point of no return. I believe I have some good news for you. In the second book of Chronicles, God says to his people, if, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land." So you know where this is going. As we remember, reflect, and celebrate our nation's birthday, July the 4th, Independence Day, I can't think of a better day to humble ourselves, pray and seek His face, turn from our wicked ways, and know that God will forgive our sin and heal our land. But let me tell you, I have one step better. I am a Bible teacher. Don't mess with me. I have biblical precedent. And I can tell you that as individuals, if we get excited about God again, we get excited about our faith again, we really put Him first. We live that way first as individuals, then as a church then as a community then as a state and then as a nation watch this not only will he forgive our sin and heal our land it says he will build us grow us move in us and dare I say it make us better than we ever were before that's what's on the table with God through Jesus Christ that is where we are too kind. But those were my closing remarks. I want to say happy 4th of July. May God bless you and may God bless our country. Would you bow with me in prayer?